Hey, friends, Sunday on Redneck here. Kevin's podcast show done put me up in one of these weird whirly birds. We're flying all over East Tennessee looking down at things, and we're seeing what's going on. But I reckon the show's about to start, so we're going to sit her down. So let's get on with the show right now. Hey folks, welcome to the podcast. My name's Kevin Marshall. I'm your host for Kevin's Podcast Show. Thank you once again for joining us. This is episode number eight. Can you believe it? The Great Eight. Don't forget that if you make me famous, I'll make you famous. That's how this stuff works, folks. I appreciate all the tens and tens. The The tens and tens of listeners that I have. You warm my cockles. I don't know what warming cockles is, but You warm my cockles. No pun intended. I don't think there was a pun in there, but it was not intended if it was. Okay, thank you for showing up today. Thank you for listening to the podcast. I really appreciate it. We're going to compare and contrast the news like we always do. We're also going to hear from the Unknown Redneck. We're going to hear something great from the Volunteer State, and I'm going to try to get a little entertainment news in there. So, let's get things started with CNN CNN versus versus Fox Fox News. The top five stories on CNN's news app is, of course, the Tropical Storm Michael. It started out as a hurricane, folks, hit the uh, Gulf Coast in Florida in the panhandle around Panama City pretty hard, coming in as a Category 4, and now it's heading up through Georgia and the Carolinas today and tomorrow as we record this, and it's just devastating. Michael is a tropical storm this morning churning through central and eastern Georgia on its way to the storm-weary Carolinas, but everyone is just now getting a sense of the destruction it brought to Florida. Michael slammed into the Florida panhandle on Wednesday as a powerful Category 4 storm with winds of 155 miles an hour. Wow. It was the third most powerful hurricane in the history to hit the continental United States. At least two people are dead, an untold number of homes and businesses have been destroyed, and thousands are without power. The small coastal town of Mexico Beach, Florida, has been left in ruins. That is just horrible, horrible, horrible. Say a little prayer for those folks today, people. Also, the financial markets. The markets in Asia and Europe were down overnight as the shockwave from the big drop in the U.S. stock market reverberated around the world. The Dow plummeted 832 points Wednesday, the third worst point decline in history. Tech stocks were hit especially hard. The rise in yields on U.S. Treasury bonds, now near a seven-year high, was blamed for the massive sell-off. Trump called it a a market correction. I may, I think he might be right on part of that. But of course, the fact that the Fed is raising interest rates, which is going to make it more expensive to buy homes and more expensive to buy cars and more expensive to buy anything on credit, is going up a little bit. And we're having a little bit of a tit for tat with China. People are nervous about that. And of course, the midterm elections are coming up and everybody wants to see what's going on. So I mean, you might call this a market correction. I mean, it was a big drop, but it wasn't as bad as everybody might think it was. 
I don't think, because the Federal Reserve is steadily raising rates to keep inflation in check and make sure this red-hot economy doesn't overheat. Okay, number three, there is a missing Saudi journalist. Now, here's the problem with this missing Saudi journalist. The problem is that this guy has been reporting about civil rights and human rights violations in Saudi Arabia. And, of course, the United States, in particular, the Trump administration, has a very good relationship with the Saudis. So, they're very uh, concerned about this guy that has disappeared. A bipartisan group of U.S. senators wants President Donald Trump to investigate the disappearance of Saudi journalist Jamil Khashoggi. The lawmakers from the Senate Foreign Relations Committee sent Trump a letter asking for a probe to impose sanctions against those responsible. Trump had a muted response to Khashoggi's disappearance, possibly because of his close ties to Saudi Arabia. See, they're speculating there, possibly because of his close ties to Saudi Arabia. They may be right there, but I don't think that... Uh, news outlets should be speculating, and his administration's goals for the Mid- Middle East depend on Saudi Arabia's rulers and their money. So evidently, he went to Istanbul, Turkey, and while he was there, he was in the Turkish Turkish consulate, and it is believed that he was killed by a Saudi murder squad that was ordered by the Crown Prince of Saudi Arabia. So. If that all bears out to be true, it could mean a diplomatic brouhaha for Donald Trump, except that, you know, he's friends with, now, I guess he's friends with Kim Jong-un and North Korea, and that's one of the worst human rights violators there is. And he's also pretty chummy with Vladimir Putin, president of Russia, who also is not big on the whole human rights thing. Okay, a story about China is number four for CNN. First, China denied it was putting people in its far western Xinjiang region to re-education camp. Now the government has legalized them. A local law has revised this week to allow for the camps where people accused of religious extremism are held. Most of the people sent there are Uyghurs. Uyghurs, a Turkic-speaking, largely Muslim minority native to Xinjiang. Human rights groups say China has put hundreds of thousands of Uyghurs in these camps as part of an effort to enforce patriotism and loyalty to Beijing. Survivors of the camp say they attempt to strangle user culture and stamp out the Muslim faith. There you go. Some people would like to do that in this country. I personally think that if somebody wants to be a Muslim, that's fine. Practice Islam. I'm okay with those. Because there is a difference between radical Islam's Islamic faith, the radical Islamic faith, and those people who would wish to do us harm, and people who are Muslims and just practice their religion. And I'm going I'm to show you the difference right here. I'm going to prove it to you. I am a Baptist. There is one hell of a difference between me and that stupid-ass church Westboro Baptist Church that goes out and protests soldiers' funerals and say stuff like God hates fags and stuff like that because my God doesn't hate anybody. He loves everybody. I don't care who they are, be they homosexual, straight, or otherwise. And them people that come out and do that and disrupt those funerals and and disrupt those, those soldiers that are coming home and try to cause anguish and anxiety to those families, those people are pieces of shit in my opinion. Now, see, that's the difference. They're Baptists, too, but they're not good Baptists. So if you're a Muslim and you're hanging out and you're doing your thing and you're saying live and let live, then cool. 
But if you're a Muslim and you're trying to stop my country and you want to open up a caliphate on our country and try to stop our country through terrorism or other means, then you can kiss my ass because that's the difference right there. Okay. Number five, the U.S. Postal Service. The U.S. Postal Service seeks the biggest price jump on stamps in history. It wants to increase the price of a first-class stamp from 50 cents to 55 cents. The agency is getting heat from the Trump administration to do something about its sagging revenues. Its losses have been mounting, dragged down by a drop in overall mail volume because of the Internet and a requirement to prefund the cost of retiree health benefits. The price hike will have to be okayed by the Postal Regulatory Commission. I, I, listen, if they do bring it up to 55 cents, really? I mean, I can stick a letter in the mail for 55 cents and mail it from Miami of Florida and mail it all the way to Seattle, Washington for 55 cents. Now, granted, it's snail mail. It'll take a few days to get there, but that's a bargain. It's 55 cents. Whatever. Okay, so that's uh, the top five stories from CNN. We'll just recap them real quick. They go over how the Hurricane Michael has been downgraded from a hurricane down to a tropical storm. It's moving through the Carolinas now, and it's left a lot of destruction. The financial markets had a uh, downward turn of 832 points, mostly in tech stocks. And there's a missing, number three, there's a missing Saudi journalist that's uh, been critical of the Saudi Arabian government, particularly the crown prince of Saudi Arabia. Uh, he's evidently been killed. I mean, that's the idea. He's missing, and they assume that he's dead. Uh, China has now said that they are putting a minority group of Muslims into re-education camps and try to uh, get them to be more loyal and patriotic to uh, Beijing. I mean, imagine if they did that in the United States, how that would be. So be thankful we live here in this country where we can worship the way we please. And the number five story is that the U.S. Postal Service is wanting to go from 50 cents to 55 cents for first-class mail, which I think is still a bargain, although I don't know why you'd want to send mail from... I mean, I guess if you had a pen pal, it'd be pretty cool. All right, let's move on over to Fox News. The first story on Fox News is a story about Hillary Clinton. Uh, she evidently said that there is no civility. Democrat Senator Heitkamp slams Clinton call to abandon civility with the GOP. That's what she said. That's what uh, that's what Hillary Clinton said. Let's just read a little bit from the thick-ankled woman anyway and see what she says here. Former Secretary of State Hillary Clinton's incendiary suggestion this week that liberals cannot be civil with Republicans any longer is unproductive and simply ridiculous, a top Democratic senator said Wednesday. She's probably saying that because she's up for re-election. Let's read on and see. The stark repudiation of Clinton's comments by Senator Heidi Heitkamp, Democrat of North Dakota, a vulnerable red state Democrat, mm-hmm, seeking re-election this year comes as Republicans have lined up in recent days to criticize Democrats' fiery rhetoric among the confirmation of Brett Kavanaugh to the Supreme Court. Now, let's see what the old thick-ankled gal said there. She said, You cannot be civil with a political party that wants to destroy what you stand for and what you care about. 
Clinton told CNN's Christian Amanpour on Tuesday. That's why I believe if we're fortunate enough to win back the House and or the Senate, that's when civility can start again. But until then, the only thing Republicans seem to recognize and respect is strength. Heitkamp, whose no vote on Kavanaugh seemingly caused her already wavering popularity to plummet in North Dakota, mints no words in response Wednesday night. That's ridiculous, Heitkamp said on Anderson Cooper 360. I mean, I can't imagine how to get anything done if you don't bring back civility into politics, and that goes for both sides. Well, I agree with her there. Fox News polling shows the Republican challenger to Heitkamp Kevin Kramer now leading by 12 points. Last month, before Heitkamp voiced her reluctance to support Kavanaugh, he was up by only four points. So she is in trouble. Right off the bat, Hillary Clinton saying that, well, let's just not be civil anymore. I don't think that thick-ankled woman was ever civil. Okay. Obama, this is number two, Obama had a secret plan to validate Clinton victory if Trump didn't accept it, report says. Former President Obama had a plan to validate the 2016 election in the event that then-candidate Donald Trump lost and challenged the results. Obama administration officials told New York Magazine that a bipartisan plan was in place just in time for the election to certify the results and reveal the intelligence community's claims that Russian interference supported Trump's candidacy. Such a measure was devised after Trump said the election was rigged and joked on the campaign trail that he wouldn't accept the election results if he lost. I will totally accept the, the result of this great and historic presidential election, he said, if I win. The plan to validate the election involved former Secretaries of State Colin Powell and Condoleezza Rice. I want to point out that they're both black. President Obama's black. Maybe there's a conspiracy there. I don't know, but come on. Black people don't have power in our government if you listen to the Democrats. Black people are disenfranchised and they don't have Seats at our table. Oh, proven wrong. Former presidents and congressional Republicans also participated in a plan. Well, they were just trying to. I don't think that's that's. I think it's a non-story. I just think it's just in there to make people mad. Okay, number three. They're talking about Michael downgraded to a tropical storm, but still packing a punch. Hurricane Michael. Uh, as we said earlier on the CNN one, was downgraded Thursday to tropical storm after leaving a trail of destruction. There we go. Oh, this is horrible. An 11-year-old girl in Seminole County, Georgia, was killed Wednesday afternoon when thrashing winds sent a car or boat uh, airborne into the family's mobile home. The girl was identified, whose identif- identity is not being released, was hit by the structure as it tore through the home's roof. Gosh, that's just awful, folks. If you can find somebody to do, donate to, I'm not going to recommend anybody, but if you can find somebody to donate to, or if you, if if nothing else, just say a little prayer for all those people. Golly, that's just awful. Okay, number four. Jeb Bush wasn't invited to Barbara's surprise wedding. Jeb Bush wasn't invited to his niece Barbara Bush's surprise weekend wedding. It was revealed Wednesday. I, this is a non-story. Look, they did it on a whim. They did it real quick. And, you know, not everybody gets invited to those things. So that's number four. 
Come on, Fox News. You can do better than that. Okay, Starbucks assailant suspect shot while approaching concealed carrier, said the cops. Man facing charges after punching Starbucks employee in attack thwarted by a licensed gun owner, authorities say. A concealed carrier in a Utah Starbucks fired one shot into the chest of a man last week who police say had just assaulted a barista. The carrier was in his late 60s, the police said. His identity has not been released. He witnessed the assault against the clerk, said uh, UPD detective Ken Hansen, and his response, because apparently after the assault, the guy came after him, and so he shot the man in the chest. Well, there you go. You don't screw around with somebody that's got a gun when you don't have a gun yourself. The suspect, ident suspect identified as Benjamin Scott Overall, 37, set off a panic alarm around 6 a.m. October the 4th inside a 7-Eleven store in Mill Creek, a suburb of Salt Lake City. A responding officer approached Overall, who then allegedly fled to the nearby Starbucks. Overall then allegedly attacked a female employee, according to the Salt Lake Tribune. Police probable cause statement said he punched her, hit her in the head with a metal basket, and kicked her. She couldn't get away from him, and he continued to strike her on the head, face, neck, and shoulders, the criminal charge says. The employee, Shelby Hamilton, 24, said she thought Overall was going to kill her. He just came in the door, hit me in the back of the head from behind. I was the first one he saw. Overall then aggressively approached a customer who happened to have a concealed weapons permit, according to the criminal charges. The customer shot overall in the chest before he could attack. Good for him. Good for him. That is good news right there. A restaurant employee who works next door to Starbucks said the area has problems with transients. I give kudos to the guy who shot the man in the chest. Well, cool. Those are the five stories from Fox News. Some of them are ridiculous. Fox is, like I said, sometimes they're kind of ridiculous. Uh, red state Democrats blame Clinton's cannot be civil statement as ridiculous. That's Senator uh, Heitkamp from North Dakota. She's about to lose her Senate seat, and she's trying to run back away from Hillary Clinton because she knows that the whole Kavanaugh thing's a bust for her. I believe that Kavanaugh thing's going to really backfire on the Democrats. I really do. I mean, it's going to charge their base, and it's going to make all the Democrat people go, I'm really angry and really mad, but it's not going to give them any more votes. I mean, a, one vote is one vote. Okay, number two, Obama evidently had a secret plan to back Clinton if Trump refused to concede the election. That's a non-story. They always have plans like that. Number three was a... Re Revisit of the uh, Hurricane Michael that had turned into a tropical storm, and it was reported about that 11-year-old girl that got killed in Georgia. And bless their hearts, Lord have mercy. Pray for them. Uh, and here's a here's a non-story. George W. Bush's daughter Barbara got married over the weekend, and evidently it was a throw together, and there was just a very small group of people there, and Jeb didn't get an invite. So. Who cares? Who cares? And finally, a really good story. This guy come in, screwing around in a Starbucks, and he made a grande mistake. Get it? Grande latte, half mocha, half cocoa. Anyway, come in messing around with uh, one of the baristas, assaulted her with some kind of a metal basket, and then he turned around and come toward a 60-year-old dude standing there, and guess what? He pulled out his concealed weapon and 
shot him in the damn chest. Good for that guy. That's what I say. Well, anyway, he evidently didn't die. So he was charged Tuesday with aggravated assault and criminal trespass. So, all right. So that's the news of the day from Fox and CNN. And as you can see, they're always completely different bullshit. Anyway, all right. Next up's going to be the Unknown Redneck. Stand by. Hey friends, Unknown Redneck here again. We're just going to go over a few things that's going on in my world. We've got some exciting news. Starla Jean has evidently found her failure. I reckon they've been sparking for a while. And then whenever they went Christmas shopping the other day, her mama got to meet this young'un. And she likes him pretty well. So I guess if she likes him, I probably like him too. But come to find out, this man is a foreigner. He, it's right, he's from another country. He's from Montreal, Canada, of all places. Speaks a little French on him, I reckon. So I ain't got to meet him yet. Whenever I get to meet him, I, I guess I'll let y'all know how I think about him. But I'm going to sure ask him if he's here legally. Because, now, if he ain't here legal, then we got a problem. Because, you know, I don't want him trying to marry off on Starling Jean, try to get away into this country. I don't like that, and I ain't having it. But anyway, we'll ask. And the other thing that I want to talk about is that Kurt Angle done went and got himself a job. That's right, Kurt Angle's got himself a job. He is a working man. He's working at the, of all places, at the video game store, which is right up his alley. Because he gets about 25% off because he's an employee there. And that's just, uh, you know, him devilish video games is so darn expensive anyhow. And he gets a discount. So, so far we're doing good on our stove fund. And I guess Kurt Angle can pitch in there too. Because he don't like burnt biscuits no better than I do. And so that that's coming along. And then I guess after we get our stove in there, we'll just have to invite that there Frenchy feller from up in Canada over for dinner. And then I'll get to size him up and see what kind of feller he is. Because if he ain't a goodin', he's out the door. I ain't having it. If you're going to mess with my little girl, you're going to be a goodin'. And if you ain't a goodin', you're going to be gone. Now that's just the bottom line. Because the unknown redneck said so. Hey, folks, a little short update. And I appreciate y'all. I'm the unknown redneck, and you know where I am. Well, thank you so much for that update, unknown redneck. Man, Starla Jean's done got her a man. Imagine that. Well, and he's a Canuck from the Great White North. Okay, well, we're going to have to find out how she met him and all that kind of thing. And whenever he comes over to dinner and see if he gets the unknown redneck seal of approval, we'll find that out later, I suppose. Stand by, we've got something, something great, great in the volunteer state. Dateline, Elizabethton, Tennessee. Remains of a Tennessee sailor killed at Pearl Harbor were identified and will be laid to rest. A World War II soldier from Tennessee who died in the attack on Pearl Harbor will finally be laid to rest at his, in his home state. Tennessee Governor Bill Haslam recognized the service and sacrifice of U.S. Navy Seaman 2nd Class William Campbell of Elizabethton. Campbell was serving on the USS Oklahoma at Ford Island Pearl Harbor on December the 7th, 1941, when it was attacked by multiple torpedoes which caused the battleship to sink and resulted in the deaths of 429 crewmen, to include Campbell. Campbell was 20 years old. The remains of the crew members were recovered from the wreckage, buried in multiple cemeteries after attempts to identify the remains, but ultimately only 35 men from the USS Oklahoma were identified. The unidentified remains were buried in 46 plots at the National Memorial Cemetery of the Pacific, uh, known as the Punch Bowl in Honolulu, and it included Campbell. On June 2015, the Defense Department 
POWMIA accounting agency began exhuming those remains from the punch bowl for identification. Campbell was identified on May the 9th, 2018 using DNA analysis and anthropological evidence. Although the attack on Pearl Harbor remains a painful wound for our country, Williams returned to be laid to rest in the state he called home is a source of comfort, Haslam said. We join the Campbell family in remembering this hero. We are grateful he will soon rest under a headstone that bears his name. The flags will fly at half-mast on Friday, October the 12th in honor of Campbell's ultimate sacrifice. And that's a great story. It's a sad story, but it's a great story. That family gets to finally have that closure after all these years, 47 years later. Now, let's do one last thing before we go. Let's do a little bit of entertainment news. So stand by for that. It's time for entertainment news. Make my day. That's right. It's time for some entertainment news. Here's a story about old crazy Joaquin Phoenix. You know, that dude is a really good actor, but he is got a screw loose. Filming a movie about the Joker. Evidently, it's the origin movie for the Joker. Poor old DC Comics. They're just trying to catch up with Marvel. God bless them. Anyway, they're on the set recording are filming this movie and it says the joker movie extras reportedly locked in a subway car and denied filming breaks well uh some not so chill news from the set of joaquin phoenix's joker movie as tmz reports that extras in the brooklyn submarine i'm sorry brooklyn subway scene i guess if brooklyn had a submarine that would be very weird but anyway the Brooklyn subway scene were locked in a train car and denied a break after two hours of filming. In the most Gotham City scenario imaginable, the background actors allegedly resorted to banging on the vehicle's doors with some forced to go in the bathroom on the train tracks between the cars. An assumedly horrified SAG-AFTRA representative, that's the Screen Actor Guild, American something, something, I don't remember what AFTRA is all about, but SAG Screen Actors Guild, representative was sent to the set to resolve the situation and will be monitoring director Todd Phillips' set for the remainder of the production. The incident presumably happened while filming the leaked footage of Phoenix, rocking full-on clown makeup and a purple jacket that would make Cesar Romero proud strolling across the subway platform as horrified onlookers and protesters erupt into chaos around him uh Cesar Romero is the one that played the Joker in the campy 1960s Batman series with Adam West playing the titular character and Burt Ward playing Robin and uh Cesar Romero was always in there as the Joker all right, folks, that's all for today. That's a wrap on number eight. just want to remind you all again that you can get this on any of the platforms. But I recommend Anchor Podcast app. Start your own podcast. Listen to my podcast. And I will listen to your podcast. You make me famous, and I'll make you famous. So until next time, it's going to be deuces and duck lips. <laughs> I'm Richard, a.k.a. Big Head. I work at the Red House, and I'm black. At the Red House. I like pumping iron and pumping furniture into people's homes.